Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Criminals with a higher purpose. Terror. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carroll a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. Well, yes, the title of this show, <laughs> Criminals with a Higher Purpose, um, is, a bit, um, is a bit sarcastic, a bit facetious. I mean, uh, the higher purpose would be Allah. This is a new twist on terror. Uh, you may have heard me talk about in previous podcasts how terrorists um, be, or actually criminals become radicalized in jails and prisons, that this is a huge um, problem because of all of this radicalization. People may come into jail or prison as sort of a garden variety criminal, and then because they're there for a while and there are people who are in there whose intent it is to radicalize others, uh, they you know, what else do they have to do? They become radicalized. And, you know, I've, in some of the stories, when I've put various terrorists on my couch, in other words, people who have committed terror attacks and analyzed them, um, most of them have had some kind of experience in prison, in experience with crime, and uh, many of them have actually been radicalized in jails and prisons. And this is, uh, you know, not only the United States, but other countries. So this angle, there has recently been a study by the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, a new study, and um, they studied the relatively new phenomenon or increasing phenomenon of crime and terrorism in the sense that, um, criminals, there are now criminals who um, are committing crimes for the purpose of donating the money that they get uh, through these crimes to organizations like ISIS, terrorist organizations, and or to fund their own plans to commit terror attacks and or <laughs> to fund themselves traveling abroad to join terrorist groups. So now it's not only that garden variety criminals are going to prison and jails and are becoming radicalized there, that was a big enough problem, um, but now the very reason why some people are committing crimes is in order to uh, steal, in order to make money, to um, with, they're doing it with a higher purpose, and that would be uh, Allah. So um, let me give you some examples of this, and I'm going to uh, tell you, as this goes on, I'm going to tell you about um, what you can look for. I'm calling it, in, you know, of course you know if you see something, say something, right? Well, if you see someone say something. If you see someone doing the things that I'm going to talk to you about, the signs that somebody is mobilizing. Now, what they call mobilizing means uh, that the person is getting ready or planning to commit a terror attack 
or they're planning, getting ready to leave the country, in this case, Canada, it was you know, the Canadian organization that uh, determined all of this, to leave Canada or leave anywhere, leave the States, it's the same, they would be doing the same kinds of things to join a terror group abroad. So um, the reason why this is coming up right now is because um, there was uh, a man in Canada called Abdul Muti Mohammed Elmi. And on June 12th, he was charged with shoplifting from an Ottawa store and assaulting a man with a liquor bottle. But the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, who you know always get their man, they were concerned about more serious things about this 24-year-old man. Notably, they, were, they had grounds to believe that he was going to commit a terrorism offense. Particularly, they believed that he was going to leave Canada to participate in a terrorist group. So, um, so this, um, this is the latest uh, case in Canada to mix crime and terrorism. Now, um, they have found in Canada that a quarter of Canadians involved in terrorist activity have criminal histories. That's a lot. And um, it is, you know, it's, it's, um, they're not really, I don't think they are distinguishing here between those radicalized um, while they're serving time versus those who commit crimes to fund ISIS and similar terrorist organizations or their own terror attacks. Um, this report said that these people, this quarter of Canadians involved in terrorist activity, engaged in a wide spectrum of illicit activities, most, most commonly low-level crimes and assaults. Now, what's interesting is that criminals, um, criminals are attracted to terrorism because in a way it makes them not just a common thug, but someone with a higher purpose. And it allows them to commit violence, to have status and adventure, uh, you know, to give them to give them a purpose for what they want to do anyway. Actually, you know, for um, for stealing and being violent to people and so on. There's it also it's a way for them to also look at what they're doing uh, in a more positive light. In other words, with a purpose. In other words, I'm not just some low level thug, <laughs> common thug. I I'm a terrorist. You know, with all that that all the status, so to speak, that that brings. Um, then there are some examples that of, in Can of Canadian uh, criminal slash terrorists who uh, connected uh, crime and terrorism that they talk about in the report. Going back as far as the mid-1990s, there were uh, Al-Qaeda-linked extremists in Montreal, such as one person named Ahmed Rissam, who later attempted to bomb the LA airport. Do you remember that? I remember that, living in LA, as I do. Um, he raised cash through petty thefts and frauds. So he came from Canada. Um, do you remember this? He, he came over the border from Canada and he wanted to bomb, he attempted to bomb LAX. 
Um, so he, he raised money to fund his attack through petty thefts and frauds. Then in uh, May, this past May, in Alberta, Canada, a judge approved the extradition of a man called Abdullahi Ahmed Abdullahi, and he is alleged by the U.S. government to have held up an Edmonton jewelry store because he wanted to bankroll activities of associates fighting in Syria. Then we have, um, in 2016, a Quebec teen was sentenced to three years for robbing a convenience store at Knife Point because he wanted to finance his attempt to join ISIS. He told, this, get this, he told the police he was allowed to steal from Canadians because they were, quote, at war with Islam. Now, getting back to Elmi, uh, the reason, the more recent arrest um, in June, Abdul Muti Mohammed Elmi, Elmi hasn't been charged with a terrorism offense per se. Instead, the police have asked an Ontario court for a peace bond. This is something that they have in Canada that uh, imposes restrictions onto a person for up to a year if they, um, so, that they can, so that they can limit the travel and internet use of terror suspects. And this is if they don't have enough uh, information, enough evidence to charge them with actual terrorism. And 10 days later, Elmi couldn't, couldn't stay, like, couldn't be a good boy, couldn't stay on the right side of the law. Instead, he went on to commit crime and he allegedly robbed an Ottawa convenience store while he was out on bail. He was charged with four counts. He also faces two charges related to the alleged May 14th liquor store incident that I mentioned. Two other charges for allegedly assaulting a man while robbing him on May 28th, just this past May. And one more for causing a disturbance by fighting. Now, just to um, put this in context again, um, the reason what's particularly interesting about this new study that came out in Canada is that it's not just about um, people being radicalized, garden variety criminals being radicalized in jails and prisons. Now there is an increasing trend of people to commit crimes in the first place because they want to uh, steal, um, make money in various schemes, uh, illegal schemes to be able to support terrorism, either by uh, supporting their own terror attack that they are plotting, or supporting ISIS or Al-Qaeda, um, or supporting their trip uh, out of the country to join a terror organization. So now, what, what else the, this study found that's kind of interesting is that um, Canadians who had criminal pasts tended to mobilize slower than those who did not. And as you will recall, mobilize meant uh, going forward to commit a terror attack or leaving the country to join terrorists. So if they had a criminal past, um, even though they might well have been committing these crimes in the first place to support terrorism, they tend to mobilize and all, there's a whole, a whole sequence of events um, that, uh, that 
that goes into this mobilization. And so, but they're saying that the criminals, um, people who had criminal past mobilized slower because their criminal activities may distract focus from their terrorism. <laughs> it's very hard to choose, what do I do, rob a liquor store or go forward in my plotting of a terror attack? Um, so they're distracted from their extremist pursuits and their legal troubles, you know, when they get caught, get in the way of their plotting as well. And also criminals may be more cautious because they know they have the attention of the police on them. And also the, quote, negative realities of criminality, which includes such things as drug addiction and financial hardships, might impact an individual's capacity to plan or finance an intended mobilization pathway, unquote. So, um, so even though, you know, they're, they're, they have this plan, they have this higher purpose and so on, um, it may make these criminal things, these pesky criminal things, having to get a lawyer and go to trial and, and uh, think about, you know, the joy of robbing a liquor store or any other kind of store. Um, you know, it, it's very distracting from being a terrorist. Very hard to choose. <laughs> you know, you wake up in the morning and you make a to-do list, right? <laughs> so it's hard for them to decide, hmm, what should I put first on my to-do list? Uh, I know this is not funny. I do tend to laugh. It is gallows humor, just FYI. That is the only way we can psychologically <laughs> uh, get by. Um, and thrive in this world where we are threatened every day by terrorists. So this is going to be, now remember I, I promised I would tell you how if you see something or see someone, I should say, well, just like if you see something, say something. Now this is gonna be if you see someone doing these things that I'm gonna tell you that they have um, discovered are, are the pathways, are the steps that people who are planning to mobilize, commit an attack or leave to join a terrorist group, this is what they do. So if you know someone who is doing these things or see someone who is doing these things, please alert the authorities, okay? Um, so here we go. This is, it's called in this report, Steps People Take in Their Move Towards Extremism. So the first part is attack planning, research, and discussion. So, you know, this is really, I mean, sometimes it's fantasy. It's people wanting to uh, think of themselves, you know, let's play terrorist in their mind, pretend they're a terrorist. Um, you know, pretend, put, put themselves in the shoes of a terrorist because it might be fun or it might be, um, you know, make them feel important or powerful. Um, but then really when they get down to actually not just thinking, daydreaming about it, uh, but actual attack planning, research, and discussion. Now, as you'll remember, um, if you listened to a previous podcast where I talked about the man who was going to um, do a terror attack on, this, on July 4th, this past July 4th, who was caught just in the nick of time, uh, he, that's what he was doing. He was uh, 
planning, doing research, taking pictures, remember, discussing his plans with an undercover FBI agent. Obviously, that's not um, the best way to do it if you are serious about being a terrorist. Then the next step, interestingly enough, it's really interesting to see the order of these steps. Uh, the next step is physical training. People, I mean, of course, it's sort of depending upon what you're planning on doing, but um, apparently some terrorists, you know, especially if they're going to be using guns or, you know, doing something that's going to require them to be physically fit, they actually do some kind of physical training. So look around the gym. <laughs> Only kidding. All right, the next step. There are a few parts to this next step. It's passport or visa, passport and or visa acquisition. You know, that would be obviously if they're planning on going to another country to join a terror uh, organization. Then also in this same uh, step, uh, receiving privileged information. So this might be someone who um, would be on the internet trying to hook up with other terrorists and get information, or they could also be trying to get information about um, the, the building that they're planning to build up or information about um, how, to, how to make a bomb, whatever information they would need to either plan an attack or plan to go to another country to join a terror group. Then still in this next step, this is the same step. So we're on step three now. The first, the first was attack planning, research and discussion. The second was physical training. Step three is passport and visa acquisition, receiving privileged information, receiving relatively large sum of money. Now, um, you know, obviously one of the ways of getting money is um, or are these criminal ventures that they go on. Uh, to steal and so on. Then um, also in step three, seeking advice, facilitation on social media. So again, that means going back, um, well, back to the internet, but this is, you know, again, hooking up with people who could be hooking up with people who are terrorists, who can help you plan an attack or plan your trip to that country. Um, or advice about how to commit an attack on your soil, on your country's soil. Uh, then also in the same step is target identification and weapons training. Now step four, here it gets even more interesting. Step four, disguise or change physical appearance. Facilitation activities for mobilization. That's kind of a catch-all. Um, things that will basically help you move forward in your plans to commit an attack or to go to a, a terror group in another country. State intention to travel for extremist purposes. So um, that obviously would be to fellow, <laughs> fellow terrorists. Um, target initiated interview with GOC. Now that's, um, that is a Canadian, uh, GOC. That is obviously something to do with Canada. Um, and then unusual financial patterns, because if these people are stealing to and sending money to ISIS, you know, having money, then not having money, developing a pretext to travel, 
sale of personal effects. Now, this is, you know, whether you're going to be traveling or whether you're going to be uh, going to another country, you, you know, if you're going to be, I mean, if you're going to be traveling to another country or you're going to be committing an attack, um, if you're committing an attack, a, a suicide bomber attack, let's say, then you, you know, you can s sell your personal effects since you won't need them anymore. Then testing the proto a prototype of the device. And they say that that's rare to actually do the testing, which is why so many of these things fail um, because, uh, because they haven't been tested. So um, there are eight steps, apparently, <laughs> uh, that this... Uh, Canadian Security uh, Intelligence Service has determined, and um, and I've been telling you. Let's see, we've been up to step number five. I was talking last about the testing of the prototype uh, of the device, the terror attack device, what they're planning on using, and that that's rare. And then also in step number five is travel research. Step number six is weapon component assembly and procurement. So now this is, you know, if you're going to be planning on committing an attack yourself. Step number seven, getting affairs in order. This is when you have really decided that you are super serious. And if you are planning to join a terror organization in another country, you would then get your plane ticket. Last step, step number eight, is travel-related purchases such as luggage, travel toiletries, specific clothing items, etc. So now you know everything you need to know if you, to um, say something if you see someone doing these steps, particularly um, in some kind of order, although I'm clearly... Um, they don't necessarily follow the guidelines of the Canadian uh, security organization. Um, but these are the most typical, this is the typical way from their research that people uh, who are mobilizing what they do in, in, in these steps. So even if you see, I mean, obviously um, some of these steps are a little more alarming than others. So if you um, see someone doing some of these things, like for example, Obviously, if you're if you somehow become aware of someone planning an attack, uh, if they're getting a passport now, they could just be going going on a European vacation. But um, of course, part of it, you know. But if if there are other things, obviously, we we started out the whole the whole theme of today is about criminals with a higher purpose. So. Um, although these steps are not just for criminals, these steps are for anyone who um, are planning, who is planning to attack or leave the country to join a, a group. Uh, but, it, you know, if someone disguises or changes their physical appearance, obviously not if they <laughs> just go to the uh, beauty parlor and change the color of their hair. But, um, you know, if they're... Um, if they're selling their personal effects, of course, that can also mean that they're thinking of suicide in general, in which case you would still want to uh, tell someone, although not necessarily 
not necessarily if there's nothing else that makes you believe that they're a terrorist, you wouldn't necessarily want to say that. But I mean, you know, the idea sale of personal effects, one that's to make money to donate to a terror organization or to donate to the person's plans to attack or to donate to their plans to go abroad. Um, so for to join a terror group. So, um, you know, the more of these things that you see, and obviously, obviously a big, um, one of the bigger uh, red flags is if someone is buys a weapon. Again, I'm not saying that anyone who buys a weapon, I am not against, uh, um, I'm not for gun control. So I am not saying that you should report anyone who buys a weapon as a terrorist. But if, if some of these, if you start to see some of these things, uh, getting their, buying a plane ticket, where are they going? Not that they would necessarily tell you the truth. Um, although, you know, sometimes, um, they would want to tell you the truth because if it's a, if they're at that point already, step number seven, um, they may well be thinking that they are home free, uh, so uh, they may t they may boast about what they're planning to do. Certainly, they do boast about it to some, you know, to their friends or people who they think would um, have the same ideas and who would would admire them for actually acting on it and um, and going to join a terror group. I mean, obviously some of their friends um, may well be some people who have the same terrorist ideas. Now, um, in this research that this uh, group did, they found that the move towards terrorism, the mobilization, takes about a year. All of these steps, in other words, take about a year. Only 10% of cases uh, did they mobilize in five days or less. So, you know, there's sort of this uh, romantic idea of people suddenly getting an impulse to commit an attack or to leave for Saudi Arabia or uh, <laughs> Syria or somewhere, um, you know, on a whim. But um, in fact, to do all of these things, I mean, these are actually, this is a big to-do list. So uh, it would, you could see where it would take about a year. Then, um, you know, because there are lots of planning in, in all of these things. Now, um, what's interesting to think about this, since they found that it takes about a year, uh, you know when when people when terrorists are are terrorist plots are foiled like again like i was I, in a previous podcast you can find this podcast um where i talk about the man who was planning the uh, july 4th attack in cleveland now his aunt remember they did a um if you didn't listen to it listen to it and you will hear that his aunt uh, and this happens in, in pretty much in most of the cases, if, you know, where, where their relatives uh, say, oh, my God, I had no idea he was planning something like that. I had no idea he would be capable of something like that. But in fact, since the um, research shows that this mobilization, the, these steps um, can take a year and don't just happen out of the blue or all of a sudden, these friends and family members who claim there were no warning signs either are complicit 
like I talked about uh, in a previous podcast about Omar Mateen's wife, who was on trial and got off. Um, surely she, she, uh, she knew. And in fact, the jury did agree that, um, did recognize that she was aware of her husband's plans. So the idea that, um, oh, you know, like I couldn't have stopped him because I had no idea he was going to be doing these things. It just doesn't hold water. It is not. And in, if for the example of Omar Mateen and also the Cleveland uh, terrorist who was foiled right before July 4th, um, both of these examples show that it did take a while. It did take planning. The Cleveland um, terrorist or wannabe terrorist, um, what it, he, they were following him, the FBI was following him for almost two years. So, um, and Omar Mateen, he had, you know, his, he went scouting the locations and so on. He didn't just decide to do this overnight. So getting back to Elmi, the man who I was talking about at the beginning, Abdul Muti Mohammed Elmi, who uh, was charged just this past June 12th, with the shoplifting and other charges and how they realized uh, more importantly than shoplifting that he was doing all of this because he was planning on leaving Canada to join a terror group. So um, he appeared in court on July 12th because of this peace bond, terrorism peace bond that I mentioned that the Royal Canadian Mounted Police uses, uh, terrorism peace bonds they're called, as a fallback when they suspect someone has been involved in terrorist activity, but they don't have enough evidence to criminally charge them with it. So he appeared in court on his peace bond. And um, if the peace bond is approved by a judge or if Elmi agrees to it, he would have to abide by a list of conditions that could include surrendering his passport and not communicating with specific extremists and groups. Now, of course, um, good luck in checking up on all of that. I mean, they, I mean, hopefully they would. Uh, of course, you know, as I've spoken about before, the number of terrorists is increasing so much, it is really outnumbering, they are outnumbering the uh, investigators and police and so on who are trying to follow them, which is why we, when we hear of a terrorist committing an attack, we hear that typically we hear that they have been on the watch list, but it's been impossible to watch them. And Omar Mateen is a great example of that. He was on the watch list or he had been, and then they took him off the watch list. Um, and, you know, and lo and behold, we know what he did, uh, attacked a horrendous attack on the Pulse nightclub. So um, a peace bond um, is being used as a, sort of a, a fallback position, you know, while they try to gather more evidence to uh, charge them with terrorist crimes. And it's the way of at least controlling them to some degree. But it is not a guarantee. It is not a guarantee that they are going to be good boys and some of them girls. Um, again, in a previous podcast, I talked about uh, how women are getting into the terrorist act more than uh, ever. So an example of someone who was on a terrorist peace bond in Canada, uh, but who in fact uh, attempted a suicide bombing in Ontario was a man named Aaron Driver. 
So it is not foolproof, but it is something that, um, that can help in this process. So now, so now you know it. If you see something, say something. And if you see someone doing these steps or a sufficient number or sufficient red flags, please say something. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.